Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Fernandes, joined by Scott Lockwood and Dennis Maffazzoli on this week's edition of the Herald Tribune On The Grid podcast. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. Well, I think we had a, a total of 50, 50 listeners last week. We're going to find out how to increase this. Does that mean Dennis talks more and me less, or how are we going to facilitate this, Dennis? All Dennis all the time. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go. Let's have a full, full diet of Dennis. <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's talk about last week's games. It was the uh, district week. Uh, let's talk about all three of the games we were at. I mean, I was at – I'll start off with mine. I, I was at uh, the, the Sarasota-Braden uh, River game. And uh, it was a blowout, like we kind of all expected. But the, the one point that sort of uh, got everybody's heart all of flooded happened in the fourth quarter when um, a Sarasota sailor, Chasen Levitt, who unfortunately suffers, not suffers, she, he has cerebral palsy, uh, he scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter. And it was agreed upon uh, between Spencer Hodges and Coach Bradley that that would happen. Uh, it was a very, very nice moment, a big moment for, for the kid. But other than that, it was uh, another tough loss for Sarasota, and Braden River continued uh, their upward uh, descent or ascent. Dennis, you were at two great games, Thursday and Friday. Why don't you talk about Mooney and followed by the next one? Well, first, it looked like a very touching moment at the, the Sarasota-Braden right. River game. That was uh, that was nice on video. Oh. Um, the Mooney game, um, closer than expected, um, tied late um, in a downpour that really wasn't expected. Um, you know, Mooney pulls it out. Um, third string quarterback. You know, a lot of lot of injury problems at quarterback, but uh, they found a way um, to stay on top. Uh, the Riverview Manatee game that was probably a surprise to some people. Um, Riverview came out and played hard at the beginning. Manatee didn't, and they Riverview jumped out to a big lead, and Manatee had trouble catching up. I always wonder when you say a team doesn't – I mean, Manatee had everything right in front of them. I mean, everything was put on a platter in front of them. How a team doesn't come out and, and and you say they didn't play hard. Riverview played harder than them, but that just implies that Manatee just didn't come out with it from the fire in the belly then. Right? Well, that's what Yusef Shakur said, the Manatee yeah. coach. Uh, he said they didn't you know show up in the first half. Um, and they, you know, it was pretty evident by the way they played. Uh, they couldn't stop Ollie Boyce, uh, a hobbled Ollie Boyce, mm-hmm. Um, you know, who gutted it out and, uh, you know, really ran hard behind the, you know, a good offensive line. And uh, Riverview's defensive line, you know, did stuff that the Manatee wasn't ready for. I mean, they, uh, you know, they, they shook up the quarterbacks and, uh, you know, held the, held the running backs in check. You mentioned Allie Boyce, 199 yards on the ground, 210 total yards. He is still not 100% from that shoulder. He may never be 100% this season. I don't think he'll be 100% this season, but he gutted out a win there and, you know, puts Riverview in a position to win a district title. So Josh Smith has got his team right where he wants them vis-a-vis district play. You were at a record-setting performance, Mr. Lockwood. I was at uh, the uh, St. Stephen's Bradenton Christian game on Thursday, and um, I had, you know, DJ Clark. I was at the, that game at, at ODA a couple weeks ago when he had when he went for I think for two forty eight or it was something in that ballpark, and um, kind of knew he was going to be up for a big night against that defense of Brandon Christian. They've kind of struggled a little bit at times this year, and 
first two carries of the game, I think it was 65 yards, 35 yards, two touchdowns. And it was it was on from there. I mean, it just seemed like every time, long run, long run, long run. And when the dust settled, 447 yards, which is an area record. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think he was 55 yards short of Chris Henry's state record. Yeah, for individual in the game, and which is incredible at any level if you get that many. And he had five touchdowns, probably could have been six or seven, but they gave him mm-hmm. five. And I think that they about ran out of time for him in the fourth quarter. He was starting to look kind of gassed on the sidelines, but you can't blame him after a performance like that. I mean, with a guy's running that well and the offensive line is blocking for him, what do you do but continue to give him the football until his tongue is, is hanging on the ground, right? No, that, that uh, he, he was, uh, I'm going to go talk to him more later this week, but he was just quick to credit his offensive line and. I mean, they were road graders out there for him all mm-hmm. night. I mean, I could, I could have probably ran 10 yards of carry against them, some of the holes they were creating that night, and look at me. But uh, it was a good night. It was a fun night for them. And uh wasn't quite as competitive game as you would hope. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Bradenton Christian did show some promise, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to be a decent group. They stay together for another year or two. I think they're all freshmen and sophomores for the most part. And uh, for small school teams, I think they're going to be something to watch next year. You mentioned record-setting performance. Dennis and I have been around long enough where uh, – you know, all these games fade in. Mike Ford holds the area record with over 300 yards rushing in a game. I believe that's the record, right? Well, the Money Kid had um, Trey Hill had 340. Did, did I believe? Did Matt? Yeah. We, we get sometimes we get overrun here with information. Matt Laroche holds the season record, but he never he never uh, had an individual game record. No, uh, that he was uh, over it, 300 it, a couple times, but he didn't. Right. He never hit the record. For, right? Yeah. Is that, is that a record that uh, area wise probably oh. will never be surpassed? Right, eclipsed. You never know. You never know. I mean, yeah. it's we've had a lot of talented backs come through this area, but uh, to see that number is just mind blowing. And when I put that on Twitter afterwards, I think every high school football media outlet in the state picked it up and ran with it. Mm-hmm. So it was. It's interesting. It's good for them. Some good publicity for the program. I mean, he started slow, and now he's got seven hundred eighty seven hundred ninety five yards in his last two games. You know, guys, when we look around the games from last week, a lot of blowouts, which we see everywhere. But let's give a little shout-out to Booker, shall we? I mean, beginning of the season, they had, uh, you know, we always talk about Booker being athletic, but maybe they shoot themselves in the foot too often. Does it look like uh, Dumica has got a quarterback there? Does it look like they're a little more on settled ground in the beginning of the season? I would. Um, it looks that way that way. They found it's a freshman quarterback now. He's uh, a little bit... I can't remember his name for the life of me. I was doing the previews. I think you've had it in front. Oh, of Cle- Cleve Benson, Cleve right? Benson. Cleve yeah, Benson. I'm, yeah. I'm see them Friday night against five foot four, 160 pound quarterback. I mean, he he makes Doug Flutie yeah. uh, look like uh, <laughs> looks like Ryan. Like no, who who's the tall McGuire? Yeah, who Dan, uh, Dan McGuire? McGuire yeah. Right, right. But uh, <laughs> I mean, if this kid can throw the ball, that's an entire new realm for this Booker mm-hmm. offense. I mean, if they finally started to be able to take care of the ball, they can start winning some games. And you know, I think they're they're up. In the uh, towards the bottom of the uh, 5A3 playoff picture, I know we're going to talk about that here in a little while, but uh, they're they keep winning, they got a shot. And that Lemon Bay, who is ahead of them in the playoff rankings because of strength of schedule, even though they're one and six, that's going to be an interesting. I think that's going to be a pretty good game on Friday night between those two teams, right? Booker's at two and one in the district, yeah. obviously, one over Lemon Bay puts them at three and one. Dennis, what what do you think? I know you don't get the cover Booker all that well, often. I, I haven't seen them, I yeah. know they've had trouble, you know, getting the snap back to the quarterback <laughs> yeah. at times and um you know just simple things at times and you know it seems like they're on the right path um you know i, I think hardy's probably the the class of that district and um you know southeast will have something to say about it before the end of the season but uh you know booker righted the ship quickly and uh you know is back in the hunt 
I know looking ahead to this week's games, uh, you're big on, on South County. We got Charlotte at Cape Coral, Port Charlotte at Cape Coral Island Coast. Uh, Charlotte, um, as we'll talk about, um, you know, had a big win last week over um, North Fort Myers. Um, that was huge as far as the district goes. And Cape Coral lost. So Charlotte doesn't have to do much to uh, get the district championship. And they lost to a winless Island Coast team, I think it was. By 3 nothing. Who saw that coming? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the not one of the best teams by far in Southwest Florida, and that was a stunner. No. It's so another week of district games. Uh, we got, I guess, Riverview has the week off. They host Tampa uh, Riverview in two weeks. Manatee has got them this week. Uh, if you're Manatee, is it imperative that you put that loss uh, behind them as quickly as possible? Absolutely. You got you have to get wins. I mean, you're you're, you're going to get points for the Venice game, you know, the last game of the season. But you have to get this win and 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 be in a position just in case you know Riverview falls, um, and, and to get points for the for the playoffs. Any other compelling matchups that are? Uh... Are worth at least uh, highlighting here, guys, in, in terms of uh, district origin. I mean, we got a lot of games that appear to be kind of one sided. You got Braden River at Ranch. You got Northport at Palmetto. Uh, you got Venice at Sarasota. That's the game I'll be at. It's going to be interesting to see what the Southeast defense can do against Wachula Hardy. I mean, that's going to be, I mean, Hardy, they're number eight in 5A right now overall. And in that district and southeast has been playing some good defense and hardy can score some points so you know if hardy wins that game they win the 5a 11 title and uh, be interesting to see just what southeast can do defensively to slow them down southeast will be home and hopefully they'll come up with a good effort how do the power rankings look the power rankings glad you asked <laughs> manatee is still ahead of riverview right uh, manatee sixth riverview's eighth um in 7a3 venice one Braden River 2, Palmetto drops 1 to 10th, outside looking in, um, you know, even after a 69 nothing win. Um, Charlotte, uh, number 1 in uh, 6A3, Port Charlotte's 13th. Um, we talked about Booker, they're up to 3. Um, Southeast is 10, so they're only outside looking in. And Cardinal Mooney remains at 1. Again, just a shout out to Paul Meckley. Getting, I know you know we, we like him because he was there when we first started working at the paper, doing a hell of a job up there. Two ninety um, ties Joe Canan for most wins in the area. Right, um, the, two of those were against us back in Riverview back yeah. in the day. Yeah, despite the forfeits and everything else, um, the the state records have him at two eighty three coming in seven and zero this year. That makes it two ninety. Joe Canan at two ninety, couple less years, but um, great accomplishment for Paul. I mean, I've seen them play a couple times. Here. Trayvon Hall has suddenly materializes one of the area's best backs, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He runs hard. Mm. Um, he gets to the outside, and uh, he's hard to b- stop and bring down once he gets to the outside. Sort of like you in your high school days, huh, Lockwood? Yeah, kind of tough to bring down? There was one time I was sitting with uh, Coach Sprague earlier this, or this past week at a volleyball mm. game and told him the one time I touched the football was at Mooney. We were at Mooney's field, and I picked that ball up in the backfield. I'm like, what the heck do I do with this thing? I'm an offensive lineman. I don't carry the ball. Got about five yards downfield, got hit from three different directions, from two linebackers and a safety. And that was the hardest I ever got hit in the high school game. It was my freshman year in a freshman-level game. And 
Luckily, I never carried the ball after that because I probably would have been a fumble machine, but hey, I held on to it then, and that's all that matters. They never used you like a fridge in the backfield, like the Bears used Refrigerator Perry? I would have loved to have done that, but no, we never did that. There was actually a guy bigger than me that did that name. Chris Brown was his name. Hogg was his nickname, Mm. and we used him for that as kind of a lead blocker in the backfield. Before we get our – well, let's, let's talk about our locks of the week last year. I will last week. I will admit I took it on the chin. I took Manatee against Riverview, and I was upended. Uh, uh, Dennis, you're correct. You were correct in your pick, which was I forgot. You was, forgot. He was Braden River over Saracen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, there and, go. and your pick was what Lockwood? Was Venice over Norport. It had to go safe. Right, uh, but you already have one loss, so you and I are tied with yeah. one loss. Dennis hasn't been in this from the very beginning, so he has an asterisk. Yeah, I don't count ne- next next to next to his name. Uh, but when we look ahead to this week, uh, lock of the week, uh, any any games jump out at you? Uh, you can't use the same school twice. Cannot. You cannot. All right, I'll pick Charlotte. Okay, you're taking Charlotte over Cape Coral. I'm going to take Mooney over Avon Park. You're going to take Mooney over Avon Park? I have not taken Braden River yet. I'm going to take Braden River over Lakewood Ranch. Yep. Uh, tell you, if one of us are wrong on this, we should hand in our uh, Herald Tribune uh, <laughs> writer's card. Yeah, um, exactly. Hey, besides football, guys, anything else that uh, we want to uh, get out there? Well, go, uh, volleyball district finals are Thursday. Uh, we'll have another teams from the area moving on the regionals. Both teams, the winner and runner-up, move on. And golf, uh, the regionals are Monday. So um, need to finish in the top two as a team or the top two individuals to move on the state. Say that uh, regional at uh, Heritage Oaks is going to be. I've had a couple of the guys tell me out there. You got Gulf Coast coming in as defending 3A state champion out there, and they're all basically know that all those teams out there are fighting for one transfer spot. So that boys regional out there is going to be a good one on Monday. Lastly, guys, let's just talk about what we have coming up. I mean, Dennis wrote a great story last week on the making of a quarterback. Uh, Marino, the quarterback up at uh, B- B- Palmetto. You're leaving here shortly to do a story on? DJ Clark. Uh, he doesn't know that yet, but we're uh-huh. coming up there to talk to him. And uh, so that they, It's one of those things where we tried to the other night just after a game. It's kind of hectic. Can't mm. do that. But uh, going to find out what's made this made him tick. I know he likes to credit his offensive line. And at 795 yards in two games is nothing to sneeze at. So we're going to find out what makes him go and how what's kind of fueled this uh, late season surge on him after he started so slow yeah and basically where did he come from yeah exactly. you know i'd like to know his origin anything else guys we're up to 13 14 minutes anything else you want to throw out there we're good we're good all right yep. so uh please 50 listeners out there let's make it 100 this week and, and stay for the full thing so for fernandes for scott lockwood for dennis maffazoli no what am i saying for scott lockwood for dennis maffazoli i'm doug fernandes we'll see you next week on the HD podcast. Oh. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.